We need to tell people the truth about suffering. Welcome to the Proverbial Life Podcast. This is a podcast that encourages Christians to look to Christ, live wisely, and leave a legacy behind for generations to follow. I'm your host, Edwin Ramirez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Proverbial Life Podcast. Today, I want to talk about the importance of telling people the truth about suffering. As you recall, in the last video I did, we talked about this topic of suffering and the need for us as Christians to acknowledge that there is suffering in this life. That goes without saying. Anyone who has a brain realizes that there is suffering. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because there are people who have brains and still minimize and even ignore suffering. And maybe they don't ignore it outrightly. However, by way of implication, they do. In other words, their theology says that suffering is something that ought not be the case in the life of a genuine follower of Christ. And today, I want to advocate for us as Christians to tell the truth. When we share the gospel message with people, we need to tell them the truth about what the Bible says. We don't need to give them any false hopes. We don't need to deceive them or lie to them or try to give them a substitute other than what we have been given in the word of God. So that being said, I want to read several passages of scripture for you on today's episode that will help us prepare our minds for what the scriptures teach so that we can be faithful witnesses when articulating the Christian faith to others. Our first passage will be in John chapter 16, verses 32 through 33. Jesus said, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it is now come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus wants his disciples to know the truth. He did not sugarcoat the truth concerning what was going to take place in his life and what was going to take place in the lives of the disciples. Jesus said outright, you're going to have trouble in this life. Instead of telling the disciples a flat-out lie, instead of telling the disciples that they were going to have a trouble-free life, Jesus, as the truth, you recall in John chapter 14, he is the way, the truth, and the life. As the truth, Jesus tells them, you're going to have trouble in this life. I want you to know that I'm not alone because the Father is with me, and in like manner, I am with you. So in the midst of what you're going to go through after my departure, I want you to know that though you will face suffering and persecution and trial and hardship, I will be with you the entire time. I have overcome the world, and therefore, take heart in that reality. So similar to the disciples in the first century, 
we as followers of Christ today are not guaranteed a trouble-free life. However, what we are guaranteed is that in the midst of our trouble, the very presence of God is with us. And this is far greater than a trouble-free life. A trouble-free life is a false hope. It's not giving people the truth. It's lying and misrepresenting God. We live in a broken, sinful world. But in this broken world, the presence of God is with us. And this is the hope that we hold on to. So, what is it that you are telling people when you win them to faith in Christ? Because the very thing that you win someone to Christ with will be the exact thing or area in their lives that they will be tested, and that will be the very thing that they may turn away from Christ for. What you use or say in order to keep someone believing in God or to initially believe in God in the first place is going to be the very thing or area that their faith is going to be tested in. In other words, if you promise people a trouble-free life, if you promise them that perfect healing is guaranteed in the atonement, then there is going to be major disappointment when healing isn't guaranteed, when they go through suffering and hardship in this life, and when close friend or family passes away. In fact, this happens often in the prosperity gospel. People are told all sorts of false promises at the right price. They can receive these blessings that come from God. And when those promises given by said false prophet does not come to pass, now the person who bears the blame isn't the false teacher, isn't the false prophet, it's the person who did not have enough faith. Why did your aunt die? Why did your uncle die? Why aren't you healed? Oh, it's not because God's word is void. It's because you didn't have enough faith to believe in the first place, says the person wearing the bifocal glasses. Instead, we need to tell people the truth. We need to tell them that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, came from heaven to earth, took on the form of a man. He tabernacled among us to live on our behalf. He dies a sacrificial death, suffers in our place, bearing the wrath of God in exchange for sinners and anyone who turns from their sin and trusts in him alone will not live a life that is without suffering or hardship or trouble, but will live a forgiven life before God and now has the presence of God with them via the Holy Spirit as he speaks and teaches us through the word of God. That is the hope that we hold on to. Jesus didn't live a trouble-free life in this world. In Matthew 16, 21, Jesus told his disciples that he was going up to Jerusalem to suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. And he said, not only was he going to suffer and he was going to die, but he was also going to rise from the grave. And Luke 18, 31 through 34, again, Jesus telling the disciples that he's going to Jerusalem, that he's going to be flogged, that he's going to suffer, and that he's going to ultimately die. 
And Luke, at the end of that passage, leaves a comment behind saying that the disciples didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Well, not only did Jesus suffer persecution and trouble and trial and hardship in this life, but the disciples did as well. Listen to this verse in Acts chapter 5, verse 41. For they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. You see that? It wasn't that they were guaranteed a trouble-free life. It wasn't that they had a sure bet that they were going to have perfect healing. And now that Jesus is their Lord, he is going to rule and reign over all of their suffering and push it away so that they don't have to go through any of it. No, Jesus is indeed Lord over all things. And in the midst of our suffering, he's Lord even over that. However, him being Lord doesn't guarantee that we won't go through suffering. But in this passage, we see the disciples rejoice in the midst of their suffering. Why? Because they're counted worthy to suffer alongside Jesus in it. You see, they're suffering for the name. They're suffering dishonor for the name of Christ. In Acts chapter 9, we see the conversion of Saul is on the road to Damascus, and God strikes him off his high horse, literally. And as Saul is now being revealed the person of Christ, listen to what Jesus said to Ananias in verse 16 of Acts chapter 9. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Did you catch that? I will show him, Saul, Paul, how much he will or must suffer for the sake of my name. You see, it is a privilege, it is a joy to suffer for the name of Christ. We see this all throughout the epistles. Well, let's look at one more passage, Hebrews chapter 11. And I would encourage you to read the entire chapter to get the context. In fact, read the entire book to give you the context up until this point. But in Hebrews chapter 11, particularly looking at verses 32 through 40, I want to read the following verse to you. And I want you to hear, and I want you to see, and I want you to feel what these disciples of Christ, these followers of Christ, throughout the ages, endured for the sake of his name. And I want you to see how God, via the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures, depicts these individuals. Are they less than blessed? Are they not living a prosperous life because they don't have the finer things in life? Listen to this verse. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered 
mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Did you hear that? Of these people, the world was not worthy. But Edwin, you don't understand. We're to have perfect healing. Hogwash. That is a lie. That isn't the truth. And we need to give people the truth if we want to see them mature in the faith of Christ. And so, what are you telling people about the Christian life? What are you telling them about the Christian faith? Are you giving them false hopes, false promises? Are you telling them things that are contrary to what the Word of God has spoken? Are you saying that the Christian life is easy? Are you telling them that there's perfect healing in the atonement? Are you telling them that God loves them and has this wonderful plan for their lives? Are you telling people that God is going to bless them with a nice house and a nice car and a big family and all these external blessings? If you are, I implore you to repent because you are not representing the God of the Bible. What you are giving them is the Christian version of the American dream repackaged in church shoes. And that's not cool. So we need to be honest with people. We need to tell them the truth. If you're a follower of Christ, you will have trouble in this life. But in the midst of your trouble, the God of all creation will be with you. We live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. Yes, you're doing everything right as a follower of Christ. You're trying to honor him. You're trying to live in a way that leaves a legacy behind. You believe in Christ. You love Christ. You read your word. You do all these things, right? And they're great. And that's good. But even in all of that, sometimes life just doesn't make sense. Sometimes the worst of things happen to the people who deserve them the least. You know, you think about people who godly who love the Lord, who have a family and young children, and they are good citizens, and they're mentoring others, and they're desiring to know God and to proclaim God and to do all these things, and you find out they die from stage four cancer. This is the kind of world we live in. It's broken. It's fallen. People die. People get sick. And yet, the guarantee is not that we will have a trouble-free life, but the guarantee is that in the midst of our hardship, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain, the promise is that God will never leave us or forsake us. The promise is he has overcome the world and we are hidden in Christ. So what are you giving people? Are you giving them a cheap grace? We say, Edwin, what is cheap grace? I'm glad you asked. Come back tomorrow and we'll talk about this idea of 
cheap grace. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Proverbial Life Podcast. If you have not done so yet, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you're updated every time I make a video. Until next time, this is the Proverbial Life, a podcast that encourages Christians to look to Christ, live wisely, and leave a legacy behind for generations to follow. Grace and peace.